This is episode number 14, Journey to the Center of Church, which Danielle came up, which this is Danielle Adams, who's with us today. She's a big part of the bread, and um, many of you probably already know her, but if you don't, then that's who this is. The description is, join us as we, as, as we, oh, I wrote something that's incorrect, as we discuss, oh no, I didn't. As we discuss Danielle's ongoing journey of discovering the heart of Jesus and what part- our part- participation in it looks like. I totally botched the beginning of That's it. okay. <laughs> uh, as you all may know, if you're looking and as you are hearing, if you're listening to the podcast, this is not Seth. Um, this is Danielle. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Seth's not here today. Oh, look at that. How about well. that? Mm. <laughs> We'll see how Seth feels Shots about fired. that tomorrow. <laughs> Across the bow. Just kidding, buddy. I love you if you're listening to this, which you better be. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to let uh, Danielle kind of introduce herself a little bit. I guess we've known each other for several years now. I don't, I don't even remember the first time we met. Yeah. I think, well... It's probably been about a year and a half to two years mm, ago that we met. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, Which is great. Yeah. And she knew several, uh, Sean Steckbeck, Isaac Steckbeck, who you've known him for quite some time yeah, as years. well. Yes. Yeah. And so have I. And so uh, the paths kind of crossed and we, yeah, met a year and a half, two years ago. And now she's like this huge part of what we do. And her story is very awesome. I'm super excited <laughs> to hear about this. So I guess just tell folks a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, I am a middle-aged wife and a mom <laughs> of one teenage son who just got his first car Yay! and um, starting That's to exciting. enjoy a little more time to myself after 16 years and he's working. I um, told someone that the other day. Yeah. I said, I'm not going to lie. I can't wait till my kids get cars <laughs> and start to be able to do some of that stuff. It feels like a whole new world after <laughs> all that time for sure. But um, I've done a lot of different ministry over the years and that's not obviously my identity, but <clears throat> I've always had a heart for ministry. Yeah. Grew up in a family um, where my dad was always gone doing work with the Gideons all over the world and grew up with people from every culture. I did not know that. Um, yeah. So it was pretty normal to have people from all kinds of different nations at our house eating That's dinner cool. with us. And I always served to be like the interpreter of the person that was speaking in broken English that needed a little <laughs> help um, to explain what they were saying to my mom and dad. So That's grew cool. up in a rich, um, rich household as far as culturally. My grandparents were missionaries. Um, and so I love people from all cultures and it developed a love for people in general um, and, and a desire for people to know Jesus. I love it. And, uh, man, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm a little jealous of that. Oh yeah. It, <laughs> it was ideal. Like, yeah, that's so yeah. cool. So then, so let's dive into this, to this journey. And I'm, I'm really excited about sharing this with our folks because I, I'm thinking that there's probably many people that listen that will be able to really relate to a lot of, and I know I can relate to a lot of the the, the places on your journey and what you've gone through and stuff Absolutely. like that. Maybe not, maybe I can't relate to being a woman. Well, yeah. I struggle. And I, I can't understand women. Women can't understand me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, besides that, like, I think that there's a lot of people that can relate to that. And I hope that y'all, that this is to encourage you that as we all, we always talk about how just everyday people, we can engage the world like Jesus. We can all make disciples. We can do these things. And I think Danielle's story is going to help us hopefully to go, yes, I can do that. And then practically maybe give us some ideas for that. So 
take us to where you started to have, so you grew up in a traditional church. Yes. 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 Southern okay. Baptist so, background. Okay. Southern Baptist. Yeah. So you went there for a long number of years. Yes. So take us to the moment moments when you start to have some paradigm shifts away from why are we doing it this way or, or, or what happened? Yeah, absolutely. So I was in my teens, um, late teens, and then just right, right around 1920, um, I started going to Belmont University. And ah. Ah, this is a good place to mention my friend Andy Reese. Um, Andy came out and started doing Monday night group there kind of introduced me to some new things as far as how the Holy Spirit spirit works in people's life in power. So and did you have any background in that much at all before Andy? No, I didn't have much background in that at all. And, and, um, during that time we were also, um, beginning to be associated with a different congregation, um, named harvest and hermitage. So all around that time, um, I was just going through a paradigm shift and I remember going to my pastor, he was a wonderful he, uh, Ray Club, Ray and Arlene Club. They're wonderful mentors, um, still friends of ours, and went to Ray and said, Hey, I, I see all this stuff in the book of Acts that people are doing. Um, and I'm really curious why we're not seeing that in our congregation. Um, you know, wow, that's, we, that's can, pretty bold. Yeah. Can we talk about this? Well, Ray was, you, you he were, was my mentor. So he, so we, he didn't, yeah. No, we it didn't throw him. And he, one great thing about Ray is he's always been super honest and forthright. And he said, you know, I can't really tell you why. That's cool. And he just said, you know, this is, this is what the Bible says. And I can't really tell you why, but it, my heart was set in a direction. I think a a curiosity and a hunger. Mm. Um, I also became a youth minister in my early twenties there and started reaching out to other congregations in my area because I wanted to do missional things. I wanted to reach the community where that was right there across from our yeah. uh, where so you, the building was. You early in, because of your background, I guess, with missionaries and stuff being around, you had a missional mindset, which is unique. Right. Because a lot of times that's hard. People have to develop that. Right. So to me, it was just like, why aren't we doing yeah. this? So Jesus did this. Why are we not doing this? It, this exactly. happens in the book of Acts. Why are we not doing this? Right. Exactly. Cool. So I, I did have some closed doors at that point, And I realized that <laughs> some of the, some of the church world, if you want to call it that, um, didn't have that same perspective. Mm. And honestly, it was a big disappointment at that wow. time. I thought, wow, is this going to have to be something that I lead alone? You know, are there other people like me out there? Yeah. And at the time there weren't a lot of people that I knew of, except when missionaries would come in and, you know, in, in our church or in our congregation, I shouldn't say church, mm-hmm. um, we would have, a we would have folks come in and share and, and it would always just be a real joy to hear that. That would so, spark something. Yeah, it did. Wow. So like, yeah, so I think a lot of folks are part of congregations, churches. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the center of what church is and what Absolutely. it means. Um, that there's a lot of heavy focus on, uh, and we don't, we try not to be like negative. We, right. The only thing that we bring up is we're just trying to grow together. Absolutely. But it's heavy focused on us doing, doing church, right. which is like a Sunday morning thing, maybe a Wednesday night or something like that. And the idea of really being, missional in the community of listening to the Holy spirit and doing what he wants us to do. Um, for some, some folks it just not really thought about it a whole lot. Right. It's just like, this is how you do it. This is what we do. We have a sermon. We have a couple of songs. We do this, this is church. Yes. And I think that it's interesting that early on you're are, you had those questions that you were asking. That's cool. Yeah. 
So um, kind of just to take you farther down that mm -hmm. journey, I ended up eventually um, leaving that congregation with everybody's blessing, left a lot of friends there, still love a lot of people in that congregation. Yeah. I mean, they're still, it's really cool. After all this time, we still have relationship. Um, but um, ended up um, going into some other congregations and over the the years after that, um, I ended up getting into a small group um, with Eric and Carol Hansen. Eric um, was a very early um, adapter, I would say, of discipling and discipleship. Mm. I had no idea that God had put me right into a gold mine with wow. him. Um, and just for those of you who may hear this and know, I just want to acknowledge Eric did uh, pass away. It's been about a year and um, he's made a huge impact in our life, but he began to share with us the idea of reaching our communities and biblical storytelling, things like using objects to tell the gospel That's story, cool. um, you know, and we would get together in that group and share about, um, you know, speaking to our hairdresser or mm. someone in the, you know, in the line at the grocery store yeah. about Jesus in a very non-religious way. And so it was kind of a primer at that time. Yeah. I, I really didn't realize what he was doing and it was very missional. I mean, just, I don't know why I didn't connect the two things, yeah. but it was like a, an early exposure Interesting. to disciple making. Did you have much of a paradigm or place to put disciple making or before him? Or was it when you got to meet him where you're like, Oh, this is something that I've not really unwrapped much or. Yeah. Uh, when I met him, I think he was putting the how to my, why, like my questions. So like, you're having those questions, right? So yeah. I'm having these questions, big picture questions, and I'm beginning to see someone living that out in front of me. Yeah. Um, sadly that congregation didn't last a really long time mm. it, during the time that it was, um, going, there were a lot of groups like that with a very evangelistic type focus. Mm. And there was a lot of good things, a lot of good movement happening there within that congregation. That's cool. Um, but when, when that congregation shifted, um, at that time, my husband and I had married in um, 2000 and we decided to move down to Murfreesboro. So then I, I we still have the friendship, but we didn't have gotcha. that same co connection. And it, that wasn't being necessarily fed, if that makes sense. 2000 sounds like it was just the other day, yes. but that was 22 years ago. <laughs> so even on this, you've lived here for quite some time. Yes, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah. That's awesome. So. Okay. So you're having some, some paradigm shifts. Cause I mean, I remember thinking to myself, like the word disciple, discipleship, disciple making, like growing up in church, it was thrown out sometimes, right. but not often. And I never thought about it a whole lot until I got into like this church leadership thing I was doing years and years ago. And I start thinking through like Jesus made disciples and Jesus told us to make disciples. And like, why are we not doing this? Exactly. Uh, what am I, you know, what, and then I start having these, like, not, not a, a mid spirit life crisis or something, you know, <laughs> like, I'm like, what do I, what, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, am I, is what I'm doing even effective at all? Is it changing, right. helping anybody? Is this what God wants me to do? Those types of things. And so I know what that feels like to, uh, to be there. And then I know what it feels like to have someone to help you Yes. because that's a huge piece. Yes, it is. And like, that's interesting that you're saying like, they're not part of, um, being discipled was being taught how to talk to hairdressers. Absolutely. A lot of people don't have that. Yeah. You know, like I, I think a lot of people, that's one of the things we hope to do with this podcast is, right. is to do things like help you do this because it's, it's like right. other, a lot of people aren't doing it. And so it's like, you feel so on an Island. I think sometimes did you ever feel, you probably felt like that a lot, huh? Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> 
the more that grew in me, the more I felt that way. Mm. Um, and I will say as a woman, I felt, I would say probably I, I'm not, I'm not in your shoes, but I would say as a woman, I felt more so that way. I also, went, sure. I also went through some church staff things. Um, I did end up in a position where I was told that you cannot make disciples and be a part of our congregation because there was a little fear of threat. I understand where they were coming from in that. Um, but however, was you being a woman part of that? Um, not sure. I, I think it played into maybe some of the yeah. the feeling that they could intimidate a little bit. Got you. Yeah. But it's all forgiven, and I love. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's water under the bridge. Things I learned along the way. Yeah, and the the reason I bring that up, and even I even I mentioned at the beginning is yeah, like I think there's probably women out there that can relate right. and go, man, am I supposed right. to? Am I allowed to do this? Can I? Can I? Because you know, uh, Seth and I had a, a a situation that was kind of similar. He he ran into a situation was that a church was struggling like how you can't go just start disciple groups you know un unless it's under our umbrella unless right. it's under this or that sure. you can't anyone can't just do that and um i think oftentimes we have that whether we've been taught that or not that is our mindset right. like huh i can do that that's that's for someone who has a a degree <laughs> or whatever so you you experience that that's that stinks it does stink. Like they told you, you can't, that's what, what are you supposed to do? Well, at that point, I needed, <laughs> that was not the place for me. <laughs> you have a fire so, in your belly yeah. That's and not you want to go make disciples and the church says you cannot do that that's, here. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That was a clear sign to me that I wasn't in a biblical, a congregation that was following that part of Christ's yeah, command, yeah, yeah. which, so that, that was my signal yeah. that it was not my play, not my people. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyway, so my story after that was the Lord just very clearly said, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make disciples. You can, and, and went, let me explain. I went through a process with the Lord where he, probably for about a year, he kept saying, you must obey God rather than man. Mm. Every time I would pray, he would say, wow. you must obey God rather than man. And it literally became a thing um, about even men and women, because it was, there was, some threat coming from, mm. I don't understand exactly why, but there was some threat coming from uh, kind of the manly side of this mm. equation with this congregation. And so, um, wow. finally I, I was like, okay, okay, Lord. And that was the end of that season with that congregation. The Lord made that very clear. And, um, I was really struck by something that Jackie Pollinger said. If, if you women need a good role model of somebody who's been making disciples and you want to get a, um, inspiration from someone else who has fire in their belly mm. for this. <laughs> She's a great one. And she said, you know, well, let me explain first. I've always had this desire for missions and I love the world. So, um, you know, I would love to go somewhere and do missions and that, that's just yeah. great. So like fun for me, I know it's a really difficult at the same time, but I like that kind of adventure and mm. I love so many cultures. Um, <clears throat> but Jackie said, uh, why do you want to come to my country and mess it up and, <laughs> and do missions if you're not doing what you need to be doing in your own, yeah. in your own neighborhood, right. in your own city. And that particular statement just really brought conviction in my life. You know, what am I doing here in my own city? What am I doing in my own neighborhood? Is it even possible to reach my neighborhood? Well, yeah. yes, it's possible to reach That's my right. neighborhood. Why would I even have that thought, you know? And so I just kind of hunkered down with, the Lord That's and big. started asking God, you know, what, what should I do God? to reach my neighbors? I think that that's, that's a question. I think a lot of young people in particular that are excited and they want to go out on the mission field or they want to go do this. And I like get excited. Like, that's amazing. 
there is that question that I started saying, what do you, what are you doing now? Right. Exactly. Like even like at the bread, if someone wants to uh, raise funds or something through us, right. like the question now is what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing now? Like, cause that, because I think we've asked that question to people who realized I really shouldn't go on the mission field. Right. Like, <laughs> like that. I mean, literally like we're, we're going to do this and they, and then we start chat, like just challenging, go, well, what are you doing? What does it look like? What, what do you, uh, on a daily basis, what are you doing? Like, we want to support you. We want to help you. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know if I really want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's, that that's a really great question. And then I do think a lot of people just don't realize because we haven't modeled for them what it looks like to be missional. That's and right. so a lot of young people, it's just like, they're just ignorant of the fact too, that, oh, I can do that here. Yeah. I can do that. Like you said, I can do it in my neighborhood. I've never thought about that because no one's, not many people are doing that. No. And not many people are sharing that they're doing it either. Yes. And I'd say even less women yeah. sharing and doing this. That's right. Um, I would say the best examples growing up that I had of women doing this were definitely missionaries in other countries. Yeah. So you don't, I didn't have a lot of That's exposure to women. Yeah that we're discipling other women and how does this work? And of course with women, you know, we, we have a natural strength of being relational. We yeah. have all the connections. If we have, you know, if we have families or children or just friendships, um, we're naturally relational. And so those relationships just happen sometimes very easily. Yeah. Um, so we're really primed and ready, you know, to move into discipleship and that type of thing. Yeah. If we have training and people to help coach us and, Obviously, the, the Lord, um, as we read the word, he, he shows a great pattern of how to yeah. how to lead in that. And so, yeah, for me, definitely just uh, getting rid of the excuses and some shedding some of the things I think that, you know, either people would think about me or I would think about myself as a woman, mm -hmm. limiting type beliefs and things like that was really important. Um, and to begin to have a mindset to say, you know what? Um, God put me here. Mm -hmm. uh, he's given me a commission and, and he has commissioned me and he's given me the power to do that commission, to follow that and obey yep. that. And that is what I'm going to do. And so that's, that's cool. when I kind of begin my journey out into the, into the neighborhood. <laughs> well, I want to hear about that. And even prac very practically, Absolutely. like, like some really good stories. So if you're listening and you're kind of getting fired up and you're kind of going, well, this sounds cool. Like, I thought about doing foreign missions. I didn't realize I could do it here. I've never really thought about that. Um, what are, what are some of your step by steps that you or some of the steps that you took, and what are also some things that you would uh, encourage people to do as they you know might consider like, oh, I live in an apartment complex, or yeah. it doesn't have to. I mean, it could be the school that you attend or the workplace that you're at. Like, if I want to start getting missional about that what does that look like? And just that with your story would be sweet. Absolutely. So prayer is huge. Um, mm -hmm. um, I start, I have been prayer walking my neighborhood since we moved there. So that's, so talk about what that looks like if someone doesn't know what a prayer walk is. So a prayer walk is, um, intentionally going out into my neighborhood. And as I'm going out and walking and praying for the different homes and for the people in the homes, if I know something about their situation, praying specifically about that, um, asking the Lord for scriptures, asking the Lord for things to pray. Um, a lot of prayer, obviously, for God to uh, kind of break up the ground of people's lives. Mm. Um, a lot of prayer around um, helping draw people towards salvation. And those prayers, as I prayed more and became more intentional, uh, they shift during, you know, yeah. depending on what's going on with people. So I remember one day, this is going to kind of move to the middle of my story. I was mm -hmm. prayer walking and just started weeping. 
Um, uh, there was one gentleman who is a, was an influencer um, and a skateboarder. He had his own skateboard company, That's which cool. my son absolutely loved. loved. Yeah, uh, my son loves to skateboard. And so we had tried to get him to come up to the house and do some lessons for him. And um, I think he was involved in some new age kind of thinking. And from what I could tell, mm-hmm. was a, far away from the Lord and uh, didn't have a relationship with Jesus at the time. <clears throat> just remember that particular day, just weeping and asking God um, if he if he would help begin to just remove and break those mindsets and and um, help him come to know Jesus mm-hmm. um, and draw him to himself. And I think one of the things I've actually had to let go of in this whole neighborhood missions thing, you know, the Bible talks about us being people that can plant or water or harvest. And I really wanted to plant water and harvest everybody in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> But he was the one we got to plant and water. And then um, what was re- it was really weird because after that prayer, he kind of disappeared. Like he moved out and we didn't know where he went. Um, we would talk to him and um, there were some neat things that would happen. But we didn't know what happened to him for probably six months or so. And then I showed up with a friend at a restaurant here in the area and he just happened to be the server. We didn't even oh, know cool. he was there. And he started telling us about... Um, he had started attending a local congregation that he, his girl, girl, I think his fiance, sorry, was going to be baptized. And he had a cross around his neck and he started to hold him the cross. And I started asking him about his relationship with the Lord. And I could tell, he could see uh, wow. a difference. Huge difference. Yeah. That's awesome. um, I could tell that he had come to Jesus um, from the things that he had said. And um, so things like that would happen. Um, wow. Uh, we have our neighbor, Jamie. Um, Jamie was, uh, his mom had a couple of miracle stories. Jamie's a trucker uh, or was a former trucker. He's retired. Um, he's losing his eyesight. And so mm. we would often just go hang out with Jamie in the driveway. And one day Jamie was talking to us about his mom. His mom was um, dying. She had, she had had, um, she was a nurse and had retired. And we don't know if she kind of given up and it just lost the will to live. Mm. I still don't totally know what happened there but um she was dying and um so at that time we had a group meeting in our home we all began to pray the lord did a miracle and brought her back and it was mm-hmm. pretty certain she was going to die within a week or two and uh, as that was happening we were talking to jamie sharing stories of uh, what god had done in our life sharing comfort sharing encouragement sharing scripture just kind of in a very how do yeah? How do you how did you do that? Yeah, it just kind of depending on what conversation would come up, we we would you don't verbatim quote a scripture usually. Yeah, <laughs> it's not usually the Bible says <laughs> yeah. blah 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 because a lot of people are just going to be turned off by that. Yeah. So it is it is finding a way to contextualize scripture mm-hmm. um, to fit uh, with the need that is there. You know. Um, God says he'll be near to you because you're brokenhearted and, mm-hmm. you know, and here's a way that he was near to me in that, or maybe here's a yeah. story from the Bible, you know, where God was near to someone who's brokenhearted and you just begin to share um, just as the conversation comes up or as the Holy Spirit prompts you. Um, and Jamie became more and more open to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, he had referred to God as the man upstairs for <laughs> quite a while. And he'd been through a lot of hurt um, that would justify him feeling that God was distant. Yeah. But um, over time, um, we, we had another miracle. I'll explain this and then I'll tell you more about what happened to Jamie. So then um, his mom got sick again. This time she was septic. And the doctor mm-hmm. said she'll be wow. gone in That's a couple serious. of days. 
right? They said, there's no chance she's going to live. And Jamie was just, you know, he's very tender hearted guy. I mean, animals come up and like lick him. He actually had a bird <laughs> like that, that he kept and raised. I mean, <laughs> chickadee, <That's wild. laughs> this little bird. Um, so he was just really broken. Yeah. And uh, we all prayed again and God brought his mom back again. Wow. Gave her another maybe year, year and a half. That's a long time. And of course we talked to him again and said, Hey, you know, God has done this for you. He loves you. He loves your mom. You know, he's given you a chance to come back. And as we begin to share these things, we notice a shift in Jamie's language from God being the man upstairs to, I know God loves me. I know Mm -hmm. he hears my prayers. I know he's always here with me. And then our latest conversation, um, that we just had, he let me know that he had followed Jesus and he, he did believe in all of that. And not necessarily, I don't know when we haven't gone into that particular piece yet, but now we, we, he's beginning to open up about his relationship with the Lord and wants to come to our house. We've been trying to get him, um, get get him to meet us in the driveway and have tacos at his house. But now he, he wants to come to our house, which I'm very excited about. So we'll be fixing him meals. Um, it, cooking meals for people in the neighborhood is, is great. If you see somebody that has a need, you can yeah. do that. And we've gone and done a lot of service projects, like fixing people's that, roof, yeah. you know, other things like that. Um, and then honestly, freeing up your time is really important. Mm. Um, so not being so busy that you're not yeah. available to your neighbors. I struggle with that sometimes. Yep. I think we all do in this yeah. culture. I had to deliberately put some things aside and make, you know, besides going space. out and walk, going out and hanging out, like yep. knowing I have 30 minutes or an hour to talk to this person. And when I do that, you know, these relationships develop. Yeah. Um, That's so, big. Yeah. It's really big. So what I, what I hear you saying um, that a big part of what you're doing is just, you're being present Absolutely. with the Lord and with people yeah. in your neighborhood. And it might look like cooking meals. It might look like fixing gutters or whatever it is, but <clears throat> you're in it for the long haul. Right. You know, um, and I, and I think that that's something that not that God can't have, even with the skateboarding story, that was a pretty, that was cool. That was pretty yeah. quick. Not that God, the Lord can't have the Ethiopian eunuch moments where he's, you know, you're at Walmart and something and you and just lives are totally changed immediately. But time after time, I just read, and Jesus was present in people's lives. That's right. And so I just, I just see how powerful I like hear mm-hmm. in the story of Jamie and just and some of the stuff, how powerful that is that you are, I will be present in my neighbor's lives. Yes. And that's hard. It is. Like there's with as much stuff as we have going on and with a culture where in our culture now, depending on where you live, even in the South where we are, people are really relatively friendly. Still a lot of people don't want to know their neighbors that well. <laughs> no. And I've had neighbors. I bet you struggle. Have you struggled oh, with that? Absolutely. Yeah. And I hear it all the time. Those neighbors will say, I'm so busy. I even heard a lady just this past, it broke my heart. She come from another culture that where community and everyone spending time together and yeah. people dropping by the house was normal. And she said, I moved here. And I was like, where is everyone? And then she said, after a while, I got used to it. And now I kind of like it. And I thought, oh, mm. that lack of relationship, yeah. you know, it just, it's heartbreaking. Over time, you know, people become isolated and siloed. You know, we don't have little, little stores that we won't, you know, my, you know, way back when you'd ride your horse to the store and everybody'd meet yeah. there and, you know, is it, we don't have that because you go we all have the way freedom. to the store, you don't right. want to just drive right back and be done. Exactly. And you just don't see anyone. You don't see the same people, yeah. that kind of thing. So you have to create things. I mean, we've done stuff like, um, had, you know, 
large Thanksgiving dinners and mm. other kind of fun events for the neighborhood. Just not that everyone that comes to that we're going to connect with, but maybe one, yeah. right? Maybe two. Um, and then it's really interesting, even for some of the things that I thought, well, this event totally failed. We didn't have people show up or there wasn't very many, you know, I had people come back later a year later and they'd say, Oh yeah, I remember that you invited me. That was so kind of you. And then they would open up and start mm, sharing because, because they realized somebody cared and they awesome. cared about them. So we're almost done with our 30 minutes already. Yep. Oh man, that flew by. <laughs> I know we can do another one. Absolutely. We'll another, I have more stuff to talk about. <laughs> I know. Is there, is there anything that was like really pressing that, that you want to share that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, I just um, want to share just if we a go quick... a couple minutes over, everyone's going to be good with that. Yeah, I'm going to be good. Okay, yeah, please I'll... nod your head yes while <laughs> yes. you're watching this. Okay, quick thing. Uh, I just, um, there's a picture from the Bible I wanted to share, and I especially want to encourage women in this, men as well. Um, but um, when the Bible talks about um, us imaging God, it, mm. it, it is a, it isn't, um, it talks about Genesis in creation about us being made in the image of God, but that is a, a functional thing. You know, it's not just a, a physical thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was going to share this quick picture. I, I got this from Dr. Carmen Imes, and uh, it just really been speaking to me a lot lately. Um, she did research on bearing God's image. And what does that mean? Mm. Way back when, you know, in Jesus' time and before, um, the kings would put images of themselves all around the country where they were and they, they were idols. Okay. And the priests would come and they would have this opening of the mouth ceremony, which is a little creepy, right? <laughs> and they would invite spirits to come and Ooh, live inside I'm of those. Close my mouth. Right. It's okay. <laughs> the good thing is if you think about the disciples, when Jesus came and he breathed That's on them, point. he, he breathes on them and then he sends them out and, and, and says, go, you know, basically go do this commission thing I've been asking you to do, go out and begin to sure. make disciples. And he does that right after that. And I've just been thinking about us as imagers of God, the importance of us, you know, obviously we want the Holy spirit to breathe on us. Mm -hmm. um, but then to go out and to be those ambassadors that would represent the King. Well, all over the country, wherever we are mm -hmm. in our neighborhood, our grocery store, yeah. wherever we are. And just the importance of being imagers that our life and our character looks like the king, right? Those, mm -hmm. those statues look like the king that yep. were put all over the country to remind them this is the king's country, yep. right? And so I want my neighborhood to look like our King Jesus's, you know, right. neighborhood. I want it yep. to look like him. I want to look like him and I want to represent him. And so I just, I want to encourage everyone um, that if you are a follower, if you, if you follow Jesus, um, this is who he has made you to be, mm. whether you're man, woman, child, whoever <laughs> he's made you to be an imager. And part of that That's imaging good. is to obey him and to disciple others, to be the same, mm. to begin to look like him and represent him and to have his life in you. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <clears throat> and the title is journey to the center of church. And if you're going, what do you, well, John, you haven't talked about that. That's what we've been talking about the whole time. Yes. Uh, church is not uh, something that we go to. Church is not a building that we attend. Church is the ecclesia, the called out, the assembly, the called out people of God. And this is what it looks like to be church. 
together with others. It looks like us caring for our neighborhoods. It looks like us caring for those that we uh, are at school with or at our workplace with and, and that we will be present in their lives and we will listen to Holy Spirit and we will do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And this is what being church is. And whenever we are, whenever we can get outside of that box that maybe we've put him in and, been, and, and get to participate, <clears throat> if we do that, then we may be able to participate in those acts things that you looked at as a child or not a child as a young adult and said whoa what's going on here i think you'll be surprised um that it starts to happen and miracles as she mentioned danielle mentioned today begin to happen people who weren't interested in the lord all of a sudden they're interested and uh that this is what church is we are church we are his body and it's exciting yeah it is you can be a part. <laughs> and you can join, yes. And by the way, I didn't mention earlier, Danielle has had laryngitis, right? Yes. And she's getting over it. So if you're if, if her voice sounded a little weak, that's that's it. But you actually did it did great. I thought. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's been squeaky up until now. That's so. <laughs> awesome. Well, do you want to pray us out? Absolutely. Father, I thank you for each person, Lord, that's that's watching and listening to this podcast. Father, um, I ask, Lord, that you would put um, the same fire in them, Lord, that you would inspire that fire yeah. by your spirit, Lord, um, that they can make disciples, Lord, that you created them, Lord, to be your disciple and to make disciples. And Father, that you empower them to do that. Mm-hmm. Father, I ask you, Lord, to draw them into communities of other people, Lord, that have the same heart, Lord, um, And Lord, I ask you to give them the confidence, Lord, to do it. And especially for women today, Lord, I pray, Lord, for the women that are watching, Lord, that you would allow them, allow them to have the courage to let you begin to remove the lies, the fears, the limitations, the things, God, that people have put on them or they have put on themselves um, that would cause them to not obey you or to be fearful to obey. Father, we want to just... Um, work together so, so that 100% of the body of Christ is doing what you as our head have shown us how to do. And Lord, you've lived out for us. And so, Father, I ask you, God, that people would be set free, Lord, that people would uh, begin to be bold and confident, Lord, that they would just reach out to the one person that's in front of them today. And Father, that they would they would speak what you are showing them, Lord, and they would trust you, Lord, that you can do that through them, Lord, through any of us, God, as we surrender ourselves to you. And so, Father, I thank you for doing that work in their life as you are doing in mine. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Bread and Wine podcast. That was This was episode number 14, Journey to the Center of Church. If you are enjoying what we're doing, we'd love for you to review us. Um, you, can, you can look up the bread on Facebook and Instagram and whatever, and you can see what our community is doing. Thank you much. Bye-bye.